and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. I want to ask you guys, really, it's a simple question. Might sound simple, but there might be all kinds of answers in this room. Why do you think that transformation, this in our year of transform, why do you think that transformation is possible? Why is transformation possible? Or better yet, maybe we could even ask it this way, who makes transformation possible? Well, obviously the answer would be Jesus, right? Jesus makes transformation possible. And this week, as I was just reflecting on this service and reflecting on what I felt like the Lord wanted me to speak, I was reminded of a story in John chapter 9. John chapter 9, there's a story in there about a blind man who is healed. And after his healing, the religious leaders and the crowd are asking him, how did you get healed? Who healed you? Who did this? And they're asking him all these questions about Jesus. In verse 29, this is a story that maybe you think of, you don't think of transformation, but I was this week it was just quickened in my heart. This is truly a story of transformation. Look at John chapter 9, verse 25. This is the blind man speaking. I have no idea what kind of man he is. All I know is that I was blind. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and he spits in the dirt, and he makes some little mud pies, and he puts them in my eyes, and now I can see. That's transformation. I was blind. But now I can see for the very first time in my life, transformation. And some of you have experienced transformation this year. You came into the room one way or you woke up one day one way and then God walked on the scene and God touched you and he transformed your heart or he transformed your life or your marriage or your body. But God is the one who brings transformation. When Jesus walks into a room, when Jesus touches our heart, we can find transformation. We can wake up one day one way and go to bed another way simply because of Jesus transformation. Let me tell you, if you will let Jesus do in your life what only Jesus can do, you will experience life-changing transformation. Let me say it again. If you will allow Jesus to do what only he can do, you will experience life-changing transformation. I want you to think about this. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus experienced personally transformation so that we too could experience transformation. What do you mean, Pastor Chad, Jesus experienced transformation? Well, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, who was a part of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as we just sang about, Jesus seated on a throne. Jesus is a part of the Trinity in heaven, decides to give up his divinity and become a part of humanity. Transformation. Jesus gives up the throne so he could embrace a cradle for us. 
In fact, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 says it this way. When the time came, he, being Jesus, set aside the privileges of deity, and he took on the status of a slave, and he became human. And having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. Talk about transformation. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. I want you to hear me today. Jesus experienced transformation so you could be changed. Jesus went through transformation so that you too could be transformed. What do I mean by that? He embraced the cradle. He became a baby in a manger. And then for the next 30 years, Jesus embraced his humanity And I don't think we think about these things. We think of Jesus as God even on earth, but he was human and he felt everything we felt and he went through puberty. He had growing pains. He faced temptation. He experienced pain. He experienced loss. He experienced hurt. He experienced tears. He walked through all of it. He felt hunger. He was fully human. And then somewhere around the age of 30, he started his public ministry. And for the next three years, Jesus, fully human, yet at the same time, fully God. I want you to hear this. He began to heal people. He set captives free. He forgave people of their sins. Think about this. You're here today. Many of you have already given Jesus your yes because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. You've been saved. He did that from the cross. He did that. He restored Jesus. We see that he messed with the religious crowd. He disturbed the governments of this world. He disturbed the governments and messed with the religious system so much that they decided to crucify this perfect, spotless lamb of God. They crucified him. So Jesus, we see, he embraces the cross. He embraces humanity. He embraces the cradle. And because of that, he now wears a crown. Because Jesus embraced the cradle. Because Jesus went through the pain of the cross. He now wears a crown. Fulfilling what prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. He is a king of kings. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, that after Jesus finished what he set out to do, listen what it says, he was lifted into heaven and set down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. I want you to hear me. Because Jesus went through the cradle, because Jesus went through the cross, and because Jesus was resurrected, he now sits at the right hand of God in the highest place of honor, and he wears a crown, and he is titled the King of Kings. I want you to think about this. Jesus is our king of kings. And because of this, because of what Jesus embraced for us, because of what Jesus did for us, listen to me today, and some of you need to do this today. The moment you ask Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins, the moment you give Jesus your yes, you now have this place. You now have this throne. You have this place in heaven by him. You become a son or daughter of God. You become, as scripture says, a co-heir with Jesus. You have blessings, you have rights, you have privileges that are ours because of what Jesus did in the cradle 
on the cross and because he wears a crown. You have rights and privileges as sons and daughters of God. You are citizens of heaven. Just like my children have rights because they have my last name. I don't have a whole lot, so they don't have a whole lot, but you are sons and daughters of God. And because of that, you have everything. And I don't know if you know this, but scripture says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So all of us in this room, we must own a lot of cattle because we are children of God, right? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter eight, verse 15 and 17 from the message, I love this. These verses have been speaking to me for a little over a month, but I want you to hear this, verse 15 through 17 of Romans chapter 8. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirit, and I want you to hear this, and he confirms who we really are, sons and daughters, co-heirs with Jesus. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. I want to just pause right there. You have to understand this. This is who you are. The moment you give Jesus your yes, it becomes a father-son, father-daughter relationship. You are a child of the king of kings, and you have the rights and the privileges that are yours. You don't have to live below a spiritual, spiritual poverty line. You have all that God offers you. Why? Because you are his son. I would give my sons anything. I would give my daughter anything I have. I would lay down my life for them. Think how much more our heavenly father will give to us. We are his sons and we are his daughters and we have privileges. Why? Because he wears a crown. It's ours. And we know, pick it up, and we know who we are going to get and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Listen to this. We go through exactly what Christ goes through, and I love this part. If we go through hard times with him, then we're going to get the good times as well. Another translation says it this way. This won't be on the screen. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, listen, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, we also share in his glory. I want you to hear this. When you give Jesus your yes, and when you choose to live for him, and when you choose to walk with him, you are given an unbelievable inheritance. You become a son or a daughter of the Most High, and all the privileges that are connected to his name, his title, his throne, his rule, and his authority are yours because of Jesus. And so on this last day of this last in-person gathering of 2021, what I want to do for just a few moments is I want to share with you the blessings and the privileges, the inheritance that is ours because Jesus wears the crown. Today I have eight of them. There are many more, and I'm going to take just a few minutes. We're going to fly through these because I want to pray for you, and we're going to worship in just a moment. But the, we have eight privileges, and we could name numerous more, but eight privileges I want to share with you today that are ours because of Jesus, because he embraced the cradle, the cross, and he now wears a crown. Number one, 
as a son or daughter of God, as a co-heir of Jesus, I want you to hear me. You have the right to walk in freedom. Okay, you guys are going to have to get a little more excited. I gave myself 20 minutes today, but if you don't get it, I will drag this out until you start getting it. I have that gift of figuring out what's happening in the room, all right? We, because of Jesus, we can walk in freedom. All right, there we go. You guys want to get out of here. It's like, hey! Because of Jesus, we can walk in freedom. We can walk in victory. We can walk in triumph. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8, verse 36, he the Son sets free is indeed free. You are free. Because of Jesus, you can walk in freedom. You don't have to live in bondage. You don't have to live in chains. You don't have to live in defeat. As a son or daughter of God, you can walk in freedom. Number two, you have the right to walk in wholeness. And in health, Isaiah 53, 5 says he was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten so that we might have peace. Listen to me today. Your soul might be broken, but because of what Jesus has done, you can be whole. You can experience wholeness. You can walk in health. Listen to the next part. He was lashed and we were healed. Somebody needs to hear this today. It doesn't say you might one day be healed. It doesn't say that by chance, if you get lucky and you draw the right cards, you might be healed. It says it's already been accomplished. He's already healed you. Just as he saved you from your sins, he's healed your body, all your infirmities, all your diseases, all your wounds. Jesus Christ has healed them. Because of what Jesus has done, you can walk in wholeness and you can walk in health. And I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. I want to walk in health. Number three, and this is a big one right here, and some of you are going to be like, I don't know if I believe this. Listen to me, you have the right to prosper. I don't believe you have to walk in poverty. Am I saying that everybody in the room is supposed to be rich? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I don't believe that as God's sons and daughters, we have to walk in poverty. I don't believe it. We looked at this verse a couple of weeks ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, but I love it. And it says, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Others, That is scriptural. That is what the Bible says. God wants you to have more than you need. Psalm 23, one of my favorite Psalms, one of my favorite just chapters in the Bible starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack anything because he is your shepherd, because he has gone through the cradle and because he went through the cross and he's now seated at the right hand of God. He's provided everything you need. Second Peter chapter one tells us he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You can walk in prosperity because of what God has done for you. Anybody getting it? Anybody getting it? I know this isn't your typical Christmas marriage message. You probably thought, hey, he's going to read the Christmas story. But no, we're going out in 2021 with a bang, and we're going to bring 2022 in as sons and daughters of heirs of God. And we're going to walk in that this next season at Destiny Church. Number four, somebody needs to get a hold of this one today. You have the right to walk without fear. 
You have the right to walk without fear. Listen to me today. Fear consumes so many of us, and fear is so contrary to what the Word of God tells us that is our rights as sons and daughters of God. As a co-heir of Jesus, hear me, you do not have to walk in fear. Romans 8, 15. We looked at it just a moment ago, but just the end of it. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, as sons and daughters of God, we've received God's spirit when he adopted us as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to walk in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us power and a sound mind. I want you to hear me for just a moment today. I don't want to get too preachy on you, but I want you to hear me. As God's son, as God's daughter, you do not have to live in fear. Fear is torment. And God did not come to torment you. Jesus did not come to torment you. What does scripture say? Jesus came so that you could experience perfect love. And what does perfect love do? Perfect love casts out all what? Come on, say it again. Perfect love casts out what? Perfect love casts out what? Jesus came for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus came so that you might know perfect love, fear torments. Jesus didn't come to torment. Jesus come to give you perfect love. Some of you right now, in the name of Jesus, your mind has been tormented with depression. I'm going to just come out with depression, anxiety, fear, bipolar, schizophrenia. Some of you have so many things in your mind that are racing. And I just want to tell you, that is not of God. And I believe right now in the name of Jesus, God is setting us free. And I I command you in the name of Jesus, don't walk in fear. Don't walk in fear. Anybody getting it? Instead of walking in fear, number five, we have the rights as sons and daughters of God to walk in peace. Peace. Psalm 29, 11 says this, God makes his people strong. God gives his people strong. Peace. Philippians 4, 7 tells us he gives us peace that passes all understanding. You can walk in peace. Did you know, number six, that you have right the right to direct access to God? That's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. We can boldly approach the throne room of God. Why? Because of what Jesus did. I have access directly to the throne room. I don't have to have some priest or some go-between for me. I, as a normal human being, can walk directly up to God. Why? Because Jesus embraced the cradle. Because Jesus embraced the cross. Because Jesus now wears the crown. I can walk directly into the throne room of God. And I can say, Abba, Father, Daddy, here's my needs. Here's my hurt. Here's my pain. And guess what? He listens. Why? Because you're his son. You're his daughter. And number seven, you have the right as a son or daughter of God to walk in authority. Luke 10, 19, Jesus speaking, I have given you all authority. He's telling you that. Quit living defeated lives. Quit living under the authority of this world and start living under the authority of a different kingdom. As his son and as his daughter, you have authority. I remember Tasha and I, we've had to tell our boys a time or two, you can't use dad's name to get you extra candy in church. But guess what? They think that because they'll say things like, my dad owns the church. No, your dad does not own the church. Stop saying your dad owns the church, all right? You can't say that, but guess what? You can use that. 
You can use that line. My daddy owns this world. I have authority. I am a son or a daughter of God. And number eight, and I close with this one. You have the right to more than you expect or deserve. Hello? You don't, you don't like that one? I do. Listen to this scripture, John 10, 10. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you have everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all of them for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. All right? Anybody getting this today? These are your rights as sons or daughters of God. These are yours. They are in the word. I didn't make one of these up. I didn't glamorize it. I didn't do anything. I just took it directly from scripture and I speak it to you. And I hope there's like an arrow that pierces your heart. And the next time the devil comes and he lies to you, you say, no, I am a son or a daughter of God and I can walk in peace. I can walk in wholeness. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I'm blessed. I'm miraculous. I am his magnificent work of art. That's who he says that I am. It's directly from the word of God. So what we're going to do today is we're going to close with a little bit of worship. And I'm going to ask myself and our staff and some of our leaders, we're going to pray over every family in the room. We're going to end 2021 a little different. And I want to pray over you. And I want you to grab a hold of this. I want to read something over you guys. Before I do, the Lord's been speaking in my heart for the last few days. And Tasha and I and some of our other staff, we've kind of had this on our mind. I believe the Lord is breaking cycles. Cycles of defeat and sin and loneliness and brokenness and pain and despair. And I believe that God is going to bring full circle some healings that are going to happen in your lives. And I believe he's going to bless you. And so as we spend time in worship for just a few moments today and as we pray, I want to challenge you. Quit settling for less than God's best for you. Embrace God's best. It's time to move into a new season that God has for all of us. So we're going to move into this season. And I just want to read just a little bit of Deuteronomy chapter 28 to you guys. I want you all to stand to your feet. And I want to tell you, I want you to hear me before they take all my stuff away from the stage. I want you to hear me. I want you to live your life from this day forward knowing that you are a citizen of heaven. I want you to live your life from this day forward knowing that God wants to do more in your life than you could ever ask or imagine. And I want you to know today as a citizen of heaven, you have all the rights and privileges that come with it.
In Deuteronomy 28, I just want to read just a little bit of this to you. It says this, if you fully obey the Lord your God, carefully keep all his commands he's given you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And you will experience all these blessings. How many of you believe the Bible? How many of you believe the word? I believe the word. I believe what it tells me. I believe it. If we don't believe it, then why are we here? Right? Why are we coming to church? Because we hope maybe that we can escape to heaven. But if I don't believe all the word is, then why would I believe in heaven? Why would I believe that he could save me in my sins if I don't believe the rest of this? This is all from the word. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and and your breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. And he will fill your storehouse with grain. The Lord will bless you in the land that he has given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, listen to me. The Lord will establish you as his holy people. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by God. And they will stand in awe of you. And the Lord will give you prosperity. The Lord, verse 12, will send rain at the proper time. And verse verse 13 says, If you listen to the commands of the Lord your God I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. He will always make you on top and never at the bottom. That's what the Lord says to us today. These are just some of the blessings that are ours. So today I want us to worship knowing that we are citizens of heaven. I want us to worship knowing that we've been redeemed and we've been changed and we've been bought and he paid a price for us. I want you to worship today with confidence that God is my father and that I am his son. I am his daughter. Jesus is my sibling, my co-heir. We are joint heirs in Jesus. And today I want you to claim that, grab a hold of it by faith and know that these rights and these privileges are yours. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.